Welcome to, wait, am I an adult now? Thought the awkward years were over? Think again. My name is Shelby Wildgast. And I'm Savan Pachoto. And we are the co-host of one of the only podcasts that's really telling you how to navigate your 20s in today's time. You guys ready to jump in? Let's go. Welcome back to Wait, Am I an Adult Now? Thought your awkward years were over? Think again. I'm Savan Pachoto. And I'm Shelby Wildgast. So this episode is super exciting because I am not on the other side of the mic this time. This time we have Shelby. In the hot seat. <laughs> we're going to be interviewing her and listening to everything about her story, where she came from, where she is now, and get to know her a little bit better. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's going to be fun. All right. But as always, we need to start out with our adulting wins and adulting fails. So I know Savan started last episode. I will go ahead and start this episode. So my win of the week is that I have officially launched, or I'm in the process of launching. By the time you guys listen to this, I will have launched my first ever Women in the Workplace group coaching and mastermind program, which I am so freaking pumped about. It is an absolutely magical program for women who are just absolute badasses, young, hungry, ambitious. They're not looking to to be mediocre at all. And these women that are in this space are just incredible powerhouses. So that's 100% my win. I'm very, very excited about it. And my fail is that I am in the process of making my bedroom more adult-like. So I am totally that person that still has my bed in the corner. I still have some like colorful tapestry type quote things on my walls. Like it's nowhere near like an adult style bedroom. And I'm in the process of making it more sophisticated and adult-like. And so I, I used to have... Um, these four little cork board type things that were my dream board. And I'm still like super into having a dream board, but I didn't want them in my bedroom. I wanted them more so like above my desk. So originally they were hanging in my bedroom. They had all these different color quotes on them and things like that. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to take those off the bedroom wall and I'm going to put them over by my desk. When I originally bought these corkboard things, it literally says on the package, like wall safe, like you can peel them off the wall and like nothing would be there. Well, they lied. Lying marketing scheme. Um, Because when I pulled them off, they have the marks all on them. So now I have like 16 marks on my walls. Plus I'm an idiot. And when I had them hanging on my walls, I would staple the quotes onto the boards while they were still hanging. So now there was like little tiny microscopic holes in my wall from the staple. So that's my fail. I've got a lot of like work to do on that one, but yeah, that's, that's about frustrating. It. <laughs> I'm trying to make my room look more adult-like, but there's still remnants of me being a child. And for anyone out there, if you ever do need to remove something sticky for the wall, hair dryer, oh. heat it up. In the spots that are sticky, pull right off. Do you think that'll still work for like the residue? Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to have to try that after this episode's over. (laughs) Um, So my fail is that I have been in my new apartment for about a month and a half, and I still don't have a couch. Oh. We sit on the floor? 
meditation style? Yeah, I would just sit on the floor and watch TV. That's what I've been telling everybody. Um, so if anybody out there has a couch they just want to give away, let me know. Actually, my best friend is moving to New York City, and she might be getting rid of her couch. Oh, my so God. it's a legit couch. Yo. Yeah, I'll look That would be out. awesome. Cool. Okay, cool. So that's... So Maybe that's, it uh, is a win. Yeah, that might fail, be a win. But what's your win? My win is more about my dog and not so much me. Sorry. So little Zoe just completed her first ever beginner training course <laughs> for her, her little puppy training. So now she finally knows how to walk properly on a leash. Still wa- working on it a little bit, but like she's kind of got it down. So I'm really proud of her. Oh, she's such a cutie patootie. Just so you all know, Savan has this dog named Zoe, and she is like a multi-poo, right? Yeah. And she's like two pounds, and it's just this little white furball, fluffy thing that just runs at you the minute you walk into her apartment. And she is so cute. Oh, my God. So cute. (laughs) And the softest dog you will ever pet in your life, I promise. Yeah. Very energetic as well. Very energetic. All right. So now that we've got that out of the way... We're going to jump right into the interview. Um, So I met Shelby, what year was it? 2014, 2015? I think it had to be like 2014. Yeah, one of those two years. And I know that at the moment that I met Shelby, she was probably going through the process of being the person she is today, which is an awesome, amazing person. But I know that you went through a lot of crazy things before I even met you and you've transformed a lot so for you well first of all I know before I started my episode you made me say my own personal bio about myself so let everybody know a little bit about you first of all and then kind of dive into where does your story start for you yeah for sure so um hi guys my name is Shelby Wildgust Fun fact, my last name is a compound word. It is spelled exactly the way it sounds. Um, (laughs) But anyway, who I am. So I consider myself a multi-passionate millennial. And when I say multi-passionate, what I mean by that is that I am both an employee and I'm an entrepreneur. I am someone who loves the outdoors. I'm very active when it comes to winter sports. I love skiing and snowboarding. I love traveling. Um, I wish I could say that I love working out, but that is just not me. Um, I do do it. But in regards to my employee side of life, I am a corporate coach and trainer for an amazing company called Vector Marketing. Um, coincidentally, it's actually where I got my start right out of high school when I was 18 years old selling Cutco knives. And I have since moved into the corporate side of things to help support those who are in the sales field. So that's my employee side of me. Um, it is my dream job. I love every minute of it. Um, I really can't believe that it's my life today, that what I'm doing and what I get to do. On my entrepreneurial side, I am a speaker and I am also a coach. Um, and I run a program, like I just said, in my adulting win called the Women in the Workplace um, Mastermind and Coaching Program, which essentially brings together a small group of women who are destined for greatness to come together to learn, to mastermind, to grow with one another. And part of that program is retreats. So I also host retreats. And I've been fortunate enough to have given a TED Talk back in June of 2016 that is on YouTube. Um, I just checked. It has over 5,000 views, which is pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's 
was a really scary experience, but for sure. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's me and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a rabid Eagles fan. I actually just put all of the Eagles games in my calendar. That way I don't miss a single one. Um, I love them to death. I'm seeing the Philadelphia orchestra perform, um, a like victory show that actually tomorrow, which is on Tuesday, basically documenting the Eagles rise to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, anything that has to do with the Eagles, I am there. I dream every day about meeting Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz on the street. I have yet to do that. Um, I think I might faint in the process, but I'm sure you will all be hearing about it if that ever happens. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Carson Wentz just got married. It's so sad. He was my one hall pass. Oh, sorry, Rob. Um, anyway, that's me. Hello, everyone. That was an awesome, awesome introduction. Um, so, well, first of all, I saw your TED Talk. I was there. Oh, yeah. Fun was there. So amazing. Seriously, if you guys have a chance to listen to it, you should go check it out. Um, it's called something about the masks we wear. It's called the masks we hide behind. Masks we hide behind. So definitely check it out on YouTube. We can link it in the description. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, take me a little bit back before we met and tell me where you were and how you kind of started transforming yourself into who you are today. For sure. That's a great question. So part of the TED talk that I gave was me describing who I was when I was younger. And so when I was younger and like I would say in high school years, I was 100% the party girl. And when I say the party girl, I don't just mean like I liked to go to the parties. I mean like I threw the parties. So when my parents would go away, I would have parties at their house, um, you know, with copious amounts of alcohol and like underage drinking nonstop. And hey, I mean, we all do it. It's it's totally normal. Um, But I was 100% the girl that threw all the parties in high school. I was also the girl who was, you know, I didn't respect myself that much. And so I got a reputation in high school that I'm not proud of. And it was definitely the reputation of the party girl. And that was what people in high school knew me as. Um, But I knew me as someone different, which I'm really fortunate to have had the support system in my family and also just the self-awareness to understand that, like, I am destined for more than just, you know, throwing parties at my parents in my parents basement when they're not home like I knew that there was more to Shelby Wild Guest than what met the eye back in high school and so in school I was a party girl but outside of school I was entrepreneurial I was always hustling always trying to find a way to make more money um, I had a jewelry business when I was in high school called called treasures for tuition where I actually imported jewelry from Italy and China, and I would sell it at arts and crafts shows and um, home shows and festivals to raise money for college tuition. I also would babysit every weekend. I would water plants, walk dogs. I would um, house sit. I mean, any chance I had to be making my own money in a completely legal way, um, I never did anything illegal. Um, I was always just looking for ways to become more independent. I did not, did not like asking my parents for money. I didn't want to have to ask them for money. I liked to be able to go to my own bank account, 
take my own money out for the weekend and just do whatever I wanted to do. So that was me outside of high school. Again, in high school, that was not me. Um, and so I don't really know what or who Shelby Wildgust would be if it wasn't for this one experience that I had when I was 18 years old. Um, because I wasn't, I definitely wasn't on like the best path. I wasn't on a horrible path. Like I, I never could see myself going down a path of like addiction or anything like that. I just didn't respect myself in a way that I should have. But when I was 18 years old, I was introduced to this company called Vector Marketing. And if you've listened to previous episodes that we've had, with especially with um, some of our guests, you will have heard about Vector Marketing because um, it is where a lot of the guests come from. So essentially what Vector Marketing is, it is the marketing arm for Cutco Cutlery. And I was reached out to by them when I was 18 years old. I was, it was April of my senior year. I was working as a waitress on weekends and someone called me saying, Hey, we've got this position open for you. If you want to come in and interview for it. And I thought, yeah, sure. Like I said, I always liked making money. I liked being independent. So I went in for this interview and that interview changed my life. I obviously got the job. I went through training. I started the position. I was selling knives um, to adults. A lot of them are my friends' parents. I started that out by you know meeting people that I knew and then getting referrals from the appointments that I knew people on. And that entire experience that summer before my freshman year of college really, really gave me a pedestal to become the person that I knew I was destined to become. You know, I still loved to party. I still loved to have friends over, but all of a sudden I was in this position to become a leader and to lead by example and to motivate and inspire others and to teach others. And I really, really latched onto that. So that for me was like the pivotal moment in my life where I kind of ditched the mask that I was wearing when I was in high school and really began to embrace the person that I knew I was always meant to be. So in that whole transitional period of you getting this job and kind of moving into that new side of yourself, did anyone that you were friends with in high school ever see that entrepreneurial leadership side of you or did you almost like keep them separate in a way? That's a great question. I think everybody in high school knew that I was that I was kind of balancing these two parts of me because my senior superlative was most likely to become president. But it was a joke. So like they voted me that kind of as like a like as like a like a making fun of thing because I always ran for a position. Like I wanted to be social chair, I wanted to be class senator, I wanted to be class president. I never won. Um, because people didn't take me seriously, which was cool. I continuously ran, so it became this ongoing joke that like I was always running for these things and I would always take the initiative to, to do things, whether it be like starting a club. Like I started a club in senior year called Future Leaders of America Club. People made fun of me for it, for sure. I didn't last very long. I didn't have, I didn't have the desire to keep it going when I got made fun of for it. Um, so people knew that that was a side of me, but they knew my party side more and I knew my party side more. And I liked that. I mean, I don't really regret much from high school. Like I had some really funny, crazy, awesome experiences that I could write a book on and people would be like, what the hell, Shelby? <laughs> like, where did the, where, what is this side of you? Like, what the hell? But, um, so people knew that about me, but I don't think that they knew like 
who I really wanted to become. Yeah, like the person deep inside you wasn't really connecting with your passion and people weren't taking you seriously because of that. Right, for sure, for sure. Because I was juggling these two parts of me that didn't really make sense together. Right, okay. So at this point, you're in Vector. Mm -hmm. You're doing your thing. Mm -hmm. At what point did you feel like you were ready to let go of the person I used the to be. person you used to be. Um, you know, it was, it kind of all came together for me where I had found this new job as I was graduating high school. So naturally I was starting this new chapter of my life and I was going to college and, um, you know, I was kind of able to become this new person in college, but there was even a part of me in college that couldn't necessarily let go of my high school life because I actually went to school with a lot of the people that I went to high school with. And a couple of them in particular were people that knew me incredibly well and, and knew the party girl side of me incredibly well. So even though I was going to this new chapter of my life, I, I was still known by a lot of people as a certain kind of person. You, we had a conversation a while ago and you mentioned something about how the people that you were so close with in high school, once you started kind of breaking out of your shell and being the person you really wanted to be, they were like, who is this? This isn't you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. And I've had a lot of time to think about that. And I think part of it might have been in my head because I was a little bit nervous about this, like embracing the person I knew I wanted to be because it was so different than the person I was in high school. Like, I wanted to be taken seriously. I wanted to be looked at as, as a leader. I wanted to be an influencer. I wanted to be someone who led by example. And I knew that the person I was in high school was totally not that. And so a part of me felt just naturally out of balance because I wasn't quite confident in myself yet to like be able to show up authentic, authentically as the person I knew I was supposed to be. So... A part of me distanced myself from my high school friends almost like unintentionally, but also like subconsciously intentionally because I just saw them as my party friends and they saw me as their party friend. Like I, and again, it could have been in my head where like I I felt like they um, just looked at me as a certain kind of person. They would never be able to look at me as more than that. And so I distanced myself to be more around the people from Cutco and from Vector that saw me as a leader. Did anyone eventually surprise you and come back and say... Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, And in the last couple of years specifically, like there are some people who have like reached out to me from high school and have, you know, said things like, I'm really proud of you and like... You know, like, I didn't realize what you were doing, and I think it's really cool now, like, you know, how far you've come. And others, you know, have not talked to me. I actually had an experience where I went to a bar um, in the city maybe, like, two years ago or two and a half years ago, and someone from my high school saw me and pointed at me and laughed. Um, I've had experiences where I know people talk about me behind my back and have unfollowed me or unfriended me or whatever it might be. Um, And... It's cool. I get it. Like, also, like on my social media, I live very out loud. Like, I post shit all the time. I'm I'm very out there when it comes to what I post. Um, 
And I've gone through a large transition with that as well as in terms of like the kind of content that I post and, and you know, how forward I am about that all. But it, it was definitely like a, a hard transition to, to go from, you know, who I was to who I am now. And then also see who stuck with me in the process, who judged me in the process, who shunned me in the process, who like just moved on from me in the process. And listen, it's all good. Like I don't, I don't have any animosity towards anybody anymore. Like at first I was like, I don't understand why people don't accept me for who I am or whatever it might be. But again, I know a lot of it's probably in my head too. Um, but I'm in a really good place now. And it was all just part of the journey of like figuring my shit out, figuring out who I was, who was going to stand by my side in that process. And, and you know, who's going to be able to look past, you know, what I was trying to do to figure out like who I actually am. Yeah. And those are people that mean the most to you anyway. Yeah. Like, why? You never want to put your energy into people who don't really see you for who you are. Or give you energy back. Like, it's wasted energy when you try to put your energy into someone who's like, yeah. Right. Yeah, right? Like, energy transfers. Like, this is a great piece of advice for anybody out there. Like, whether it be in a loving relationship, like with your boyfriend or girlfriend or a friendship or a professional relationship. If you're putting all the energy out there, but you're not getting energy, any energy back, it's done. Mm-hmm. Like it's time to move on. And I've, I've had to come with term, come to, I've had to come to terms with that, with some of my friendships. Um, and it was a tough, tough situation, but it is what it is. Awesome. So I know that you have said this in previous episodes, but when you were in Vector, you absolutely killed it in sales. You did a really great job. Um, tell us a little bit more about that moment for you when you decided it wasn't for you. And was that your turning point? Like, I, So this was like one transition, right? Mm-hmm. You figuring out who you are. Mm-hmm. But then when it came to your point in Vector, you felt like, I don't know if I should do this anymore. Yeah. That's a great question because when I entered into Vector when I was 18 years old, I learned raw, pure sales skills. And I learned how to push myself. And I learned how to really embrace my ambitious side of me. And a lot of those skills that I learned were very masculine. So I was very much like go, go, go very goal-oriented and just, like, very... I don't want to use the word abrasive because that's not the right word to describe it, but I was, like, very much, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to hit my goals. And even when I became a manager with the company, like, yes, it was about the people, but I was still, like, very much obsessed with the actions and the goals and the very masculine stuff that has to do with, like, sales, Mm -hmm. right? Like... I'm not going to say I was, like, um, the Wolf of Wall Street, but, like, I was, like, fucking intense. (laughs) Like, I was, like, crazy about it. And um, that's a recipe for burnout, first off. And I did that. I burnt myself out because I was just so obsessed with getting after it. Like, just getting after it with gritted teeth, clenched fists. Like, let's fucking go. And by age 20... I had like burnt myself out and I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do in my life. And I actually recently found a like group text between myself and my team when I was 20 years old. 
And it wasn't warm and fuzzy. I was like, what are you doing? How are you doing it? What's your action plan? Okay, go. Wow. Like, which isn't like me now. Yeah. But I'm so grateful that I did burn out because it, it caused me to step away and to kind of find myself in the process and find that balance between the masculine Shelby and the feminine Shelby. Like the feminine Shelby that's compassionate, that's understanding, that has empathy, that loves and supports and wants people to grow and wants to help facilitate that. And then the masculine side of like goals, actions, what's next, what's coming, what's the ambition, all that kind of stuff. Like I was able to take a step back and kind of figure out how to balance that. And I am still figuring that out today. But in 2014, I left Vector Marketing to go off and find myself. That was really what it was. And in the process of finding myself, I actually found network marketing, which is where you and I met. Yes. And we, I found this amazing company called Isogenics. And initially, I found it more from the product standpoint. Like, it's a health and wellness company. And so I wanted to be able to lose some weight. Not much, but I also knew, again, this is my masculine side speaking, I knew that there was a business opportunity associated with it. There is a way to make money, to sell, to build a team. So I was like, okay, well, if this product works, I can totally sell it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try the product. And if it works, great, I'm going to sell it. So I tried the product. It worked. I lost like 11 pounds in 30 days. And then I went on to basically sign up like 90 people. Wow in the span of 12 months, like I, again, sales, 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 sales. Like I just knew how to sell. Um, and so I did that, but in the process of embracing my masculinity and selling and going after goals and achieving goals, I also started to hear from amazing heart centered leaders like Peter Kelly and like Audrey Moss and Laura Stevens and these are great influencers in the isogenics world that started to teach me about empathy. Were those some of your fir very first influencers? Peta Kelly was 100% my very first influencer. Um, and then Audrey Moss, well, now Audrey McLeod, and then Laura Stevens. And I remember going to events and seeing them speak and being like, oh my God, like they just wear their heart on their sleeve. They're so compassionate. They love their people first. The results come second. And that was a totally different style of leadership than what I had grown to know and to do. Mm -hmm. Like I was very results-driven leadership. These people are very much people-driven leadership. And so in that process of being part of that company, I just started to hone my femininity. And I started to hone my compassionate leadership side of me and my, my relaxed intensity versus my gritted intensity. Like I just began to evolve into this more feminine leader, which is yeah. what I needed to find. I needed to find that part of myself. And then two years after joining Isogenics, I made the decision to step away because... Well, because I gave up. And I am fully embracing that part of my story. I gave up and I got frustrated and I was making excuses for myself. And at the end of the day, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I think what had happened to me was I had learned the feminine side. I was embracing the feminine side of my leadership capabilities, but the masculine side was still very strong. And so the masculine side was still going after these goals. 
And whereas in the beginning I was hitting these goals constantly, towards the end, I wasn't hitting these goals as much as I knew I was capable of doing. So my masculine side overtook my feminine side and just began like grinding. And that's important in business. But when you're in a people-oriented business and your grind time, prime time comes out first versus your like love and support and compassion, people feel that. Right. And I was starting to go out and interact with people for the pure sake of getting them into my business because I was obsessed with hitting these goals. It's more about like you felt the pressure of hitting a goal you know you could hit, but it came out in the wrong way. Absolutely. And it came out in the sense of like, I just need to sign more people up and build a bigger team versus like, I need to find out what people are looking for in their life and give them the solution. Right. And there is a different style of, of doing that. And there's a different energy that comes with the message. 100%. To the people. 100%. And what I found was I was driving people I loved away. Um, I wasn't feeling good about myself either. I knew that I always had a hidden agenda with people. And that like wasn't good at all. Like that's not the way to do business. And so I made the decision to step away because I needed to figure out once again, like who I was. Mm -hmm. And I joined the company that I've talked about before. It was a corporate company, a recruiting company. And I remember looking for a company that was similar to Vector Marketing, but more so like corporate because in Vector, um, people in the field, in the sales field, they're contractors. So they're on a 1099. They're essentially entrepreneurs. Like they work for themselves. And I, at this stage of my life, at 22 years old, I wanted to find a corporation that could pay me salary where I was making money every week or every two weeks. I had benefits. My parents are retired, so I couldn't be on their benefits until age 26. Like I needed to find my own benefits. I could have 401k. So I wanted that security. But I also still wanted a place where I could grow and where I could foster my masculine energy because that's, that is the dominant energy that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up joining this company. You guys know the story that I've already shared with everybody about you know the decision to leave that company. And, and that was actually a, a large motivator for this podcast itself. Um, and then I ended up going back to Vector, but in the corporate world. So I'm, I basically was able to marry my two sides of me, my entrepreneurial side, but also the employee side and, and create a job for myself within Vector, but on the corporate side where I still had the safety net, I still had the benefits, the 401k, all that kind of stuff. But I was entrepreneurial in the sense that I was being able, being able to create my own position for myself. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I have a little bit of a segue from all this, yeah, but totally. so you've been with your boyfriend, Rob, for how many years? Like four or five years? Five years in a week. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's well, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. But through this whole journey, has he, he's obviously seen a lot of these ups and downs and still mm-hmm. supported you through the whole thing. Yeah. Has it been difficult for you? How do you work through that in a relationship when you have another person who is changing? And going? That's a really great question. So fortunately, I met Rob through Vector. So he fully understood the challenges that came along with selling knives because he did it too. So that was a really easy point of connection for us because we both understood what it took to to do well in that business. And he was also a very, very high achiever. But the thing about Rob 
which I think has been a key factor in me embracing my femininity more, is that, and he might kill me for saying this, but he'll admit it too, is that he is more feminine. Not in the sense that you might be thinking where he's like flamboyant. It's not that. He just leads with his heart way, 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 way more than I used to. And I think I've figured that out more now. And I think a lot of the people that I work with today, like my coaching clients could tell you that I lead with my heart. Um, But Rob has always led with his heart. He has always put people in connection first. He's always held up relationships to an extent that I didn't even know was possible. And so I've learned a lot about myself through being with him because he's kind of opened up the door for me of learning how to embrace like that side of you that side of me and how to wear my heart in my sleeve but still also be a badass in my own right and so he's been a huge supporter and of course there have been difficult times in our relationship I don't think any relationship could have survived five years and not had difficult times right um And, you know, we've gone through seasons of pure love and ecstasy, and we've gone through seasons of misunderstanding and turmoil. And one of the seasons in particular that I can think about was when I was on my way out of my previous job. Because I was so unhappy where I was at, and because I was legitimately, like, falling into a depression that was bleeding into all areas of my life. My relationship with my parents, my relationship with my friends, and then my relationship with Rob. And so we weren't always seeing eye to eye. And Rob also, to his credit, but I think also mine, he's never worked a corporate job before. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, he had never had a business-to-business sales job. He'd only really ever had a business-to-customer sales job, so he didn't quite understand the stress that comes along with dealing with massive companies like AT&T. You know, like, there's a lot of shit that goes on to make a deal happen with a company of that size and that caliber. He didn't quite understand some of the difficulties that I was going through. So, whereas before, when we first started dating, we were both in the same company, we had the same challenges, we could overcome the challenges together... Now it was like two different playing fields. So that was one area of turmoil in our relationship that I remember specifically. And then another one was maybe like six months after that where I had left that one company to start my new job and I moved to Philadelphia and we had been dating for four years and I wanted him to come move with me to Philadelphia And the reason being was because I knew that we were going to live our lives in his hometown, like growing up and having our kids, and that's where we were going to be living. And I wanted to embrace our 20s in a city versus a suburb. And he loves his town. I love his town. And for a while, it was hard for him to see the value of coming to the city because he loved where he lived. Um, But I was saying to him, I've already moved to New Jersey for you once. Like, it's time for you to come to move to Philadelphia for me. And it was a huge source of, like, conflict for us. And we almost broke up over it. And people don't know that. They don't see that. I mean, they don't see that in our smiling photos on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, on New Year's Eve of going into 2017, like, we sat on that couch and cried to each other because I was, like, at my wit's end. And... 
fortunately, you know, we love each other so much and we, we see each other in our lives enough to fight past those kinds of things. But, you know, it was definitely a difficult time. And, um, you know, he has supported me so much throughout all of this and I've done the same thing for him. Um, and we've just, you know, always been able to kind of communicate effectively and get through the difficulties in our relationship and, and our personal lives as well. Yeah, that's super, super amazing. Like not a lot of people can even say that. So good for you guys. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah, he's he's a godsend. I love him so much. I mean, it's amazing that he could be such a great support system for you and help you. It almost sounds like you balance each other out when it comes to the when you talk about two different energies, feminine and masculine, it's like you, you balance each other so perfectly and he's been able to show you sides of yourself that you've wanted to explore more. Yeah. And I hope I would, I I think I've done the same for him too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like for anybody out there in the Cutco world, I'm a merchant innovator and Rob is a merchant merchant, like straight up merchant merchant. And so Savan, I know you don't know what that means. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) There is this personality test that all of Vector Marketing takes, and it's called the Core Values Index Test. And there's four different values that are present in a personality. Merchant, innovator, banker, and builder. A merchant is somebody who puts people first, is very much like emotion-driven, and very much love and support are their like main things. Mm-hmm. An innovator is someone who's a thinker, but a thinker in the sense of always looking at a problem and trying to find new ways to find a solution. So they are a problem solver. A builder is like a go-getter. They're like, okay, I see the problem. I'm going to attack it head on. I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to put the pedal to the metal. Not going to quite think about it. I'm just going to go and see what, figures, see what works out. Mm-hmm. And then a banker is like an analyzer. They're going to take a step back. They're going to take their time. They're going to piss off every builder in the room because they're going to be like, okay, so I see this problem and this problem. Now there's seven different solutions and I'm going to map out which solution might be right. The builder in the room is going to be like, I don't fucking care which is going to be right. We just need to go put our foot forward and go, go after it. So for me, I'm a merchant innovator. I am lovey dovey people first, but I'm also like, okay, what are the solutions that we can figure out and how can we figure out the best way to go about this? Let's do it. Let's go after it. And then builder is like a, a very close third. It's like a higher two. level of innovator. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Rob is like a merchant to its core. So he just loves, 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 supports, <laughs> cares, just as like he wears his heart in his sleeve. And so, you know, you said that for him, he showed me a lot about myself. And I think for, for me, I've been able to help him when he's going through things where maybe the solution isn't as clear for him and I'm able to sit down and be like, okay, so how have you thought about this? And we kind of coach each other through our own shit, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Super cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit more about like where you are now. Um, I know you say you're, you're starting your Women in the Workplace coaching, coaching business. Yes. business. Um, so kind of like tell us where that motivation for that came from? Yeah, for sure. So like I said before, um, one of my turning points in my life was 18 years old when I found Vector Marketing. And it wasn't just a turning point because I was able to fully embrace my leadership capabilities and, and fully embrace my masculine side where I could just go out and sell and pound the pavement. 
It was also a turning point for me because I was introduced to the world of personal development. And personal development is becoming more trendy these days with books like You Are a Badass, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins. Like It's becoming more mainstream for sure. But what I have found, having gone through all of these different experiences and, and ending up in corporate America, is that in corporate America, there is a large emphasis on professional growth, which is so valuable. And if you ever find a company that doesn't emphasize professional growth, like you need to get out of there. Because as a human, we are, our natural tendency is to grow whether it's physically or mentally. Like we're always constantly learning and when we're younger, we're always constantly growing. And that growing doesn't stop physically. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it stops physically, but it doesn't stop mentally. And so professional growth is an important aspect to find in any company, you know, in terms of promotions, leadership, your future. But what I have found, and this might not be the case in every company, but after talking to a lot of people, I found that it, it is a strong case in a lot of companies, is that personal growth isn't a topic that is discussed as often. And when I say personal growth, I mean things like living in a compassionate space. I mean things like taking a step back in order to move two steps forward, setting goals for yourself personally, creating a life plan for yourself, investing in yourself, creating wealth for yourself, learning how to manage your time more effectively so that you can balance work and life and still grow as an individual in the process. And so while there's a heavy emphasis on professional growth, they leave out the personal growth aspect. But in reality, if your shit isn't right personally, no matter how hard you charge forward professionally, you're still going to be missing something. That's true. You're still going to be unhappy. And success is only so deep, right? I mean, like outwards, professional success only goes so deep. Yeah, like I'm just thinking of a perfect example right now. Like I knew a girl... um, who works a corporate job and she has so much potential, but it's like her mindset is stopping her from seeing the opportunities in front of her to get to where she wants to get. Yeah. And literally it's personal growth is mindset growth. Like it is strengthening your mindset, not just strengthening your skill set, but like truly learning the laws of the universe that dictate our day-to-day life. And learning how to step into your power and and figure out, like, figure out this thing called life. Like, it's not just about getting promoted. It's not just about the salary that you earn. It's not just about the management structure of the company. It is truly about, like, discovering who you are. You, 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 not where you fit in your company structure. And that's professional development. Personal development is figuring out who you are, what makes you tick, what makes you feel good in the morning, what gets you out of bed, what pushes you forward, and it all comes down to mindset and honing your mindset and strengthening your mindset, and there are so many ways to do that, and so my program, Women in the Workplace, is a place designed to bring that to women in a small, intimate group where we can discuss it apply it to our lives, have accountability in terms of applying it to our lives, and just grow together as individuals. And this group, by the way, 
Like I say it's for support, but it's not a support group in the sense of like people that come in here are broken. We all have shit that's going on in our lives, but this group is like they're powerhouses. Like my firm belief is the group is only as strong as its members and these members are fucking powerful. So anyone listening right now, and you, if you don't want to join this group, I think you're probably crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's been 10 months in the making. By the time you're going to listen to this, like it's almost going to be over, but there's going to be more programs in the future. I'm going to be hosting one in the spring of 2019, as well as the fall of 2019. Um, I mean, this is something that I see continuously going forward, and... It is my passion. Like, like it, I, I don't even care. Like, my masculine side of me is like, profit, profit, profit. My feminine side of me is like, I don't give a shit. This is not about profiting. This is about helping women grow as individuals, becoming the women that they're destined to be, investing in themselves, growing themselves, and just becoming part of this badass tribe. Yeah. And that's what this is. And so, yes, if you are listening... We should talk. <laughs> so amazing. And like, I didn't know the other version of Shelby in high school, but the person that you are is just, you've even, you've grown even more since I first met you, which is amazing. And I'm glad to see that you're doing your own thing, but still, you know, balancing a career and a work life and relationships and all the things that you're doing and still going after your dreams. So thank you. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome to work with you too. Like, thanks. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know some of you probably know this because we've talked about it in the first episode, but like, Savan has been like the backbone of making this actually happen because I don't know shit about podcasting. I don't know how to edit things, but Savan does. And she saw me post about this, about this idea back in October of 2017. It's crazy to think that this has been in the works like for almost a year I now. I can't even believe it. I know. It's wild and it's so cool too. But like she reached out to me like literally the night that I posted about this and was like, I want to do this with you. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So like let's do this together. And it's just been so fun. Yeah. And it's interesting because it, I know that both myself and you and you know other people who always have ideas and they'll try to pursue them, but they might not go anywhere. I, I know that you've had ideas in the past that I've reached out to you about and it didn't necessarily go through with, but I always felt like there was something about you that was like, I want to follow this person. I want to stick with this person. I know that they're going to be a good person to work with. And it was the same thing with one of our previous guests, Manuk. Like I, saw something in him that was just magnifying that, like, you know, maybe you're going to have a lot of ideas that you work on together and they might not all work out, but eventually something's going to happen and it's going to be great. So I just feel like you're one of those people for me. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad that we get to work together and that this is becoming what it is. And it's just been so fun. And I truly hope that all of you out there listening, like, enjoy these episodes and we are always, always open to feedback. Like, and we need it, guys. Yeah, please. <laughs> like, please give us feedback. Please give us ideas. Please give us your thoughts. Like, we only want to make this better. We only want to serve you more. So, you know, you, yeah, just, just don't forget about that. <laughs>
All right. Um, so we'll leave all the links to Shelby's TED Talk where you can find her, talk to her. Um, and I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a great night or day or morning or wherever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. Love you. Bye. <laughs>